You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is James, founder of Curate, and Donish, CEO of the Bitcoin.com exchange. This show is provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. James and Donish, welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you, Dustin. Great to be here. Thanks, Dustin. Great pleasure as always. Thank you guys for joining us. And I must ask, because James, I love to get to know someone's story. That how did you first get introduced to this word called blockchain or, or this word called Bitcoin? It was actually a friend in uh, India. He was a trader. He always came up with these crazy ideas and he mentioned Bitcoin. Uh, and then somebody I've been working with in South Africa mentioned it as well. Uh, and then, yeah, I was like, okay, I got to check this out. Uh, got completely wrecked in 2017, you know, buying the top uh, and then obviously selling at the bottom. But I stuck with it. You know, I love learning and I, and I definitely knew this was the next big thing coming up, just like the internet was back in the early you know, 2000s. So I've been involved ever since 2016. Now, when you when you got into the space initially, I mean, it was a completely different ecosystem. I mean, when you look at who's yeah. in the space today and some of the really remarkable and ultimately life-changing or world-changing technologies that have come into play, what's it been like for you to see this? Oh, it's been amazing. Like every week, there's something new to check out. You know, there's uh, so many dApps coming on to the Ethereum network, different chains. And it's been so such a massive learning curve for myself, you know, being a founder of, of Curate, you know, learning as I go, because uh, not any, like not, I, I guess it's fair to say there isn't a single person who, who has complete coverage of the entire space. Everyone's learning and there's so many startups and projects coming up, but it's, it's been a, an amazing journey. I mean, I've made uh, so many mistakes along the way, but I've also like made so many uh, discoveries and made a lot of friends. So it's, it's been yeah, something which I definitely don't regret, and I'm just happy to be in the space. So talk about that, Donish. I mean, your role as CEO of an exchange, you get to meet a lot of interesting people around the world, and I'm sure a lot of people bring you great ideas. What was it about Curate for you that was the aha moment or made you say, wow, this is a great organization, a company that we need to get behind? Yeah, I think... Um you know, uh, just looking at the product the, the team has built, uh, I mean, the app looks pretty great. Uh, I think it's right at um, the intersection of what, uh, how this industry is kind of moving. Like, you know, there's there's gaming, NFTs, um, all of those are wrapped into uh, the Curate app. And I think... Um, you know, it's 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 something that uh, is very relevant right now, especially 
uh, at this day and age. Kind of like, you know, how you and I um, spoke about uh, NFTs like a week ago. Um, so yeah, that's why that's why I thought it's, it's a great project. And I think, uh, you know, more users of the Coin.com exchange would uh, really benefit from having the curing token and, uh, you know, have that wrapped within the app sort of thing. Uh, and yeah, just overall, overall great project from, from the outlook. So James, give us an idea. I mean, when you started Curate, what did it begin as? And ultimately, what is it today? So I'll start off what it is today. Essentially, we are a marketplace app very similar to eBay in the sense that we're peer-to-peer, but we're, we're what we call an all-in-one marketplace app. So we don't just rely on our own ecosystem. We don't rely on our own users, you know, selling stuff and, and buying stuff. But we also connect to other marketplaces like eBay and Amazon. So when you open up the app, you'll see listings from entirely different uh, marketplaces, which you can purchase within the app. We don't take you to a third party to then check out on their platform. Everything's done in-house. And we also have our own ecosystem added on top of that. So we really are trying to be an all-in-one place to shop. Now, building a community, talk us through that. What's that like when you when you get this idea? I mean, as an entrepreneur myself, you, you get this crazy idea in your head and you you find it actually has legs and wheels. That what do you do next with it? I mean, how do you do you just plant the seed and let it do its own thing, or or do you build a community or a tribe around you? Yeah, it's literally building every every single day, adding people to the team, uh, coming, uh, getting people who are holders to support you, become moderators. Uh, we recently um, obviously partnered with um, Bitcoin.com, Danish and his team to to list on their exchange. We've also bought some strategic partners as well. The CEO of TrustSwap has recently joined. So every day there's something new with Curate, and we're just growing day by day. Now, in- you have uh, Jeff. Sorry, not Jeff. Did Jeff Jeff Kirkadis join? Kirkadis, Kirkadis. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Kirkadis. He he joined. He's now yeah, our Jeff, advisor and future partner. Jeff's a great marketer. Um, Dustin, I'm not sure if you had a chance to interview him or did you? I, I No, I, I don't think so. Jeff, he's a CEO of TrustSwap. He's like an excellent marketer. And I think uh, he's a value add to any project. So I think uh, you know, you've, done, you've done a good job there. Well, then I got to ask Thanks, you about man. this question. I mean, when you're talking about your own brands, I mean, Donish, you have yours and James, you have yours that... How do you decide who is a good fit to partner with? I mean, you, you live in a space where there's lots of sharks. There's good sharks and there's bad sharks. That's the kinds that they can go past you on the beach and leave you alone. And the others are going to take a bite out of your leg or at least let people know that they've been there. How do you decide who to trust or how do you decide who to partner with in this, in this new digital space? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, thanks. For me personally, it's been a learning curve. Initially, we... Um, you know, we used to get really hyped up and somebody big reached out to us. When I say big, I mean somebody with a lot of like, followers, uh, big gathering. And that, that you know, there was one particular experience where we got scammed, in fact. We actually, you know, won by trust or like, you know, I can get you listed on this massive exchange. And we lost about, I think it was about half a Bitcoin. Uh, and this was only a few months few months ago. So uh, luckily it wasn't, you know, recently with these all-time highs. But um, we've had to learn the hard way that we really had to check people out, check their credibility. Uh, and really get them to to uh, share the vision we have with the marketplace app, not just somebody looking to get paid. You know, Donish, from your perspective as well, I mean, again, you've been, I'm going to call you an OG, that you've been in this space for a while. 
How do you decide? Because if it sounds too good to be true, it typically is. And that's in any industry. If somebody promises the world, you know, that they can't deliver on it. And they say, well, I'm going to help a billion people. I'm like, well, start with the people in your backyard. <laughs> how do you decide that to how to do this and, and who, again, to partner with? Yeah, I think a lot of it's like um, it's a small space. And so I think if you work with somebody who's um, provided your value, I think that word gets around really quickly. Um, you know, Jeff Scott, for example, Jeff Scott, um, Kirkadies has got like a Kirkadies, Kirkadies has a good reputation. So it kind of, you know, uh, precedes him. And uh, I mean, he's, he's a great choice, but with most people that we, for example, work with, I always tend to do like reference checks. Um, you know, obviously being an exchange and being a Bitcoin.com, the brand, um, we get solicited for anything and everything on a daily basis. Um, and we do get a lot of these people who, um, you know, are self-proclaimed uh, rock stars uh, that promise the world and promise the moon and say, like, you know, we're going to uh, get you a million users or whatever sort of thing. Um, I think we, the space is small enough that you could really like, you know, you, there's two degrees of separation for, at most here uh, that you can easily just kind of call up somebody and be like, hey, can you can you give me that reference? Uh, can you let me know how that's worked? So I think that's that's what we kind of employ. Always, there isn't, uh, it, that's not 100% um, safe approach, I suppose. So you will always kind of have, somebody will slip through that. Uh, but for the most part, I think the industry itself kind of uh, validates uh, any questions or comments in my hands. And James, you know, the one thing I, I love, again, getting into an entrepreneur's head, I, I get to get into Donish's, by the way, like once a week on a show, <laughs> is talk about the hiring process. You know, anybody's going to tell you what you want to hear. I mean, if, if Donish was going to bring on Dustin, I can tell him, I've done all these amazing things, but if he can't fact check me, no, he can. He can go on and mm -hmm. see, well, I know who's who Dustin's interviewed and, and films. But it, in this digital space, it's easy for someone to say, well, I worked at a company for a couple months. Um, but you still don't know much about that person. So how do you get to know who they are? Because ultimately, you're trusting them with your own brand. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. For me, it's not a simple you know, uh, process. It's not like a typical traditional interview type of thing. I sort of get to know them as a, as a person, as a character over the course of a few weeks. Have, you know, jump on calls with them, keep it casual, just get to know sort of their, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses. Just try to open a honest uh conversation with them and say look what what can you bring you know what what areas are you lacking how can we or how can myself help you uh and what can you also add uh and what, what things are we doing wrong as well as a company what am i doing wrong and um sort of just developing that sort of initial trust that initial sort of level of understanding okay so this guy you know he's really good at marketing specifically with emails this guy you know he has partners with, with this company that company for example jeff um, and looking at their track record, and like uh, Danish said, is also you know reference checking them as well. That's really important. So every time we get pitched, um, you know this this you know rock and uh, sort of rock and roll guy who can do everything, we always you know check which clients they've worked with, and not just the clients they sort of give us, but also looking at their LinkedIn, um, looking at their social footprint online. So yeah, you, you've got to be quite diligent and be quite careful, especially when you're building a, a big brand. And same for you, Danish. I mean, talk about the hiring process. When you know you're dealing with people from different walks of life, all over the world, different cultures. Yeah, definitely. Same. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's the same thing, right? Like it's uh, different cultures, different industry, like different backgrounds, etc. So yeah, I think uh, uh, it's similar to um, yeah what we just spoke about. Yeah. 
and advice you have then for, for other entrepreneurs out there, James, I mean, who, again, have this idea in their head and they're like, I just need to figure out a way to get it out. And I mean, I learned in my own life that there are, there are a couple types of people, at least the people I've met. There's the how group, Donish, how do I do it? There's the why group, James, why are we going to do it this way? And then occasionally in life, you'll run into people that are high performance and they're the, I got it's that like me, you know, Google might be their best friend or name, name the search engine. That for you, I mean, talk that process through. The idea starts, how do I now take it out? How do I get it to go to that next level? So I actually came up with four or five ideas um, uh, alongside Curate initially when I started the idea back in 2019. So for me, it was just a case of running each idea, uh, seeing what the market was, the tangible market or the TAM, and then also looking at the business model, um, sort of just doing a lot of uh, research and fact-checking before running with it. Uh, also having an idea of how much I need to raise to actually get the product developed, you know, if there is a product. Um, so it's not something you take on lightly. It's something which personally, you know, it took me about six months before I decided, okay, this is what I, what I want to do. So I would say ask yourself a lot of questions. Don't just be an ideas person, but also talk to people who have run businesses before and get their opinion and see what it's going to take to really take it to fruition. You know, that's a great way of putting it. And then from you on your side as well, Donish, you know, the, the, the tech community, look back to the Silicon Valley group, that many of them <laughs> that they had a lot of ideas that didn't work. I mean, there are people that look, they'll, they'll sell their company, make a gajillion dollars and go think that they're going to make it big on the next idea. And it takes them like 37 new ideas to, to hit that one. So when mm -hmm. you, when you finally get to that moment, Donish, what does it take to succeed? I mean, how many hours must be committed into your baby or, or into your project? Is, is this a nine to five? I mean, what does it take? Oh my God. It's like, I mean, sure James can say it's never a nine to five, right? Like it's when it's your baby, like I'm sure James, you agree. Um, every waking moment is in, as yeah. goes into making sure your baby is like eating, sleeping, doing the right things. Sort of thing, right? So it's not getting to the idea is, um, I wouldn't say that's the easy part, but I think that's that's somewhat easier than actually when you form the foundation of your project, you start thinking of like everything, like how are you going to execute it? Where are you going to approach? Who are you going to speak to? How are you going to do fundraising? How are you going to do the marketing? All that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, it's, it's never a nine to five. I think you, I have, I, you know, with this exchange, for example, uh, it's 24 seven. Um, I think, you know, I maybe get, four or five hours of sleep at night, if that, if I'm lucky sort of thing. Like the first thing I do in the morning is answer emails, talk to customers, talk to clients, all this sort of stuff. And it's always, you're always iterating, you're always executing. Uh, I don't think there's there's a stop button. But, you know, as you, James, like this is, you know, what are your, it's your baby. So you don't also feel like it's too much work, I guess, in, in that stress. Like, you know, when yeah. it's something that you've created, you live and breathe it. And I think, you know, it's, it, when it starts becoming a chore, you know, you're, you're kind of bored of it, but you know, until yeah, then you don't get bored of it yeah. at all. You know, hundred percent. I mean, the, the thing that's running it for me right now is passion, uh, yeah. passion to exactly. seeing this, uh, complete passion to seeing sellers and buyers, you know, on an open marketplace where they're saving fees. And yeah. for me, you know, that's what I live on. That's like, that's, that, that gives me that buzz, you know, seeing my app, with tens of thousands of people using, you know, using it. And that's what I'm living for right now. That's what's driving it. And, you know, I concur, yeah. Danish. I'm not getting much sleep at the moment. And I do actually have a, a baby. I have a 13 month old baby as well as a oh, wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Wow. So I'm going to, 
I'm going to yeah. throw in here then working dads are tough. I mean, you're a working dad you've got a life, you've got yeah. commitments. You know, I, it's interesting that Harvard Business Review came up with a study and said that 42 was the average age of when an entrepreneur enters as a founder of their own business. So think about that. At 42 years old, Harvard said that's when someone finally has, the, and this is my words, the courage, the maybe the means to be able to finally do the thing that's been calling them. So talk to the younger audience out there, those who are in their 20s, that don't wait to start your idea. Don't let it sit on the shelf and collect dust because I think that we all agree that there are others right now around the world that are taking theirs off the shelf, that they're ready to make it get going and they're ready to kickstart it. So give them some final words. So for me personally, I always believe that we weren't born to do nine to five. Um, you know, as Naval says, specializations for insect, insects. So we're not actually designed to just be robots and work in nine to five. You know, I, I really do believe that everyone on my team will one day have their own business and I'm going to help them with that to achieve that financial independence because uh, the internet has created so many possibilities to, to run your own business, to remote work from home, uh, to essentially live in a gig economy where you can be like, you know, I could go to Danish and ask him, okay, I want to list on Bitcoin.com. I want access to your to your guys on the marketing side. You know, I'll pay you for that. And likewise, you know, there could be a mutual co collaboration. Um, I, th I think the concept of working, you know, in offices nine to five and sort of, um, you know, especially if you're a, an entrepreneur, you know, who's, who's sort of born and driven but feels stifled like I was, you know, I, I recently handed my notice in at 33 years old. You know, I'm a pharmacist working at NHS. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so it does take courage. And if the sooner you start, the better. If you do have that that drive in you to be an entrepreneur. James, thank you again for sharing your story. And Donish, thank you for joining you. us again on the Bitcoin.com show. Thanks for having us, Dustin. All the best. Take care, man. We know you enjoyed the show, but please don't forget, this show is only provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.